Hello, and welcome to the Three Vice Men podcast. I'm James. I'm Dom. And I'm Matt. And together we're going on a verbal pilgrimage, taking in all things craft beer. From delicious dippers to dandelion saisons, we'll be looking at what breweries are doing well, and maybe not so well. We'll also be looking at what trends look set to take off this year, and what we're excited about, as well as delving into some of our beery stories. Most importantly though, we'll be sampling beers each episode, and giving our opinions on them, unfiltered by untapped hopefully. So join us as we journey into the world of craft beer, and whilst we may not have a new king to look for, we'll certainly be worshipping a lot of tasty beers along the way. So sit back, crack a beer, and enjoy. Uh, hi guys, welcome back to the Three Voice Men podcast, back with another special episode this week. Uh, we've got a lot to get through, so uh, as always I'm joined by Matt and Dom. Lads, how are we doing? Very well, thank you. Always a Very pleasure well, thank to record you, Curtis. These. Very excited. Yeah, how are you doing, Curtis? Oh, yeah, no, I'm doing well. Thanks for asking, Matt. People don't ask that. They ask what you're drinking, not not how you're drinking it. That's, you know, it's nice of you to ask. Um, this week, we've got some rather special guests all the way from Cardiff. Sam and Duncan from Rival Brewing Company. Is that, have I got the name of the brewery right, guys? Yeah. Yeah, bang on. Fantastic. Welcome to the uh, the podcast. I think before we start, we should probably crack open a beer. We've got, for the first one, uh, we've got an... Is it an alt beer? Alt beer? Alt beer, yeah. <laughs> so uh, while we crack this, can you uh, can you give us a bit of a rundown on that style and, and maybe why uh, why that's something you're brewing? Yeah, so it's sort of something that the style itself kind of comes from uh, along like the kind of Rhine area of, of Germany. So uh, in particular, like Dusseldorf. And sort of when I started getting into like beer, I... I decided to just go mostly all over Germany to do it and it's just one of those styles that I ended up really getting passionate about and really enjoying it's a very kind of a very more forward style kind of expecting kind of sort of like copper kind of coloring to it um really kind of bready very biscuity notes on the kind of nose and it was just something that like in particular that we've always wanted to do is lots of german styles because we just feel like i find it it can be quite difficult to get hold of them here in the uk um mm. so i i love german beer and i'm pretty sure he does as well <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of what like kind of basis was and i think just before well, november november december around then yeah um, he was like right all right it's your turn to come up with a recipe and i was like well why don't we try this and uh we both have two very different methods to kind of approaching a new beer. Mine is very much sort of like if you're in the kitchen cooking, you just put a splash of this in, a splash of that in, and his is very mathematic and methodical. So <laughs> he was kind of a bit like sitting down the entire time, like, are you sure? Are you sure? I'm like, yeah, I think it'll work. We'll try it. <laughs> exactly. So uh, and I, I think it's come out pretty well. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. Um, obviously, there's like with anything any beer that we make we're constantly like cool this is what we want to improve on it but um yeah what do you guys think well i mean first of all you, you absolutely i think you've hit the nail on the head with the copper and that kind of color it's um yeah a little bit weird for someone who's potentially familiar with sort of traditional lagers and although this is probably older than traditional lager but yeah. the kind of uh, lighter stuff this is yeah very dark for that i'm getting a lot of bread in the taste and uh, that malt is really really present yeah, what what malt did you go for in this one? It definitely like comes through. So uh, the base malt was will have been craft pale, which we always use. yeah craft pale. So it's, it's it's just a really good kind of base malt to kind of get like the sugars you want out for your beer. It's a really yeah. good kind of 
body and then speciality grains would be stuff like crystal um munich as well quite a lot of different kind of german variations i think he ended up having like five different malts in this one oh wow 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 it's got quite a complex multi-flavor to it but Mm. yeah yeah I, i think this is definitely the perfect sort of february session beer i would say is something that you could definitely see yourself when it's a little bit cold outside and uh just kicking back with a few of these in the afternoon and you're still going to make it to dinner yeah that's that's (laughs) what it was yeah precisely what it was designed for so i'm I'm glad that's because normally we start with something and end up with something else i'm quite glad (laughs) (laughs) yeah no it definitely comes through um, when you when I when I first poured it, then it, it smelled amazing. You know, it smelled very German, and, and that's how it felt. It, it, it was good, but um, yeah, and it, it, it tastes really nice as well. Yeah, it's been. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's it's been popular actually. It's um, yeah, we're kind of amazed because it was it's it's a kind of as as beer stars go. It's it's I'd say it's not very well known here. Like mm. you kind of there's the kind of more popular German beer stars like Pilsner and stuff that are very well known, but. It's definitely like quite an own beer style. We're genuinely very happy and, and very surprised about how how well received it's been so far. So yeah, we were getting case pre-orders from hunters, wow. yeah. basically people emailing us or messages on Instagram or whatever, saying when's the outfit going to be ready? And we're like, oh, <laughs> soon, soon. soon. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think there's much better feedback than that. To be fair. Yeah, yeah no. we, we, our general rule is we tend anything German, we tend to try and leave it in the tank as long as we possibly can. Yeah, trying yeah, to go for it like clean itself out and you know, give it a nice sort of lagering period, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, it, it is very, very clean and, and quite dry actually, as well. Is that something that's kind of known? Yeah, in the style that's a, a characteristic. Yes, it's quite dry. You get tiny bits of bitterness sort of at the back, but yeah, it's just super bready, super mully. Mm. I believe that this was released at the same time as the Kolsch, right? So was that yeah. deliberate? Did you kind of want people to be able to do a side-by-side to kind of really taste the style? Yeah, it was sort of like our tribute to the Rhineland, really, wasn't it? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, unintentionally, I think. I think at first we just wanted to make sure we wanted to brew a couple of German beers and then we just ended up settling on those two. Um, Kolsch being like an even bigger like favorite of ours as well so yeah we've been making coast for about three years now and it, it sells better than anything that we that we make it, it always sells well because it's it's just something that if people have parties or whatever that they can you know that <clears throat> they can buy up you know lots of it and and party the night away without having to think about it so it it, it falls quite nicely into an area where we we do quite well which is kind of non-craft beer not non kind of what you think of as a craft beer drinker but people that are drinking craft beer but not actually thinking about it an awful lot yeah and all the rest of it um and yeah i mean we've we've sold guns and stuff <laughs> it's really good yeah it, yeah it's, it's been going out like mad at the moment <laughs> yeah. oh wow it's, you know, it's definitely uh, good to hear especially at the moment i think uh, anything you can sell if it's uh, selling itself I and mean, that's a uh, yeah. That's a dream come true, really. Yeah, if absolutely. we uh, if we take it back to the start a little bit, can you can talk us through the kind of theory behind setting up the brewery and and how that kind of process came about? It all started in a on a sunny April day in twenty. And actually, I'll rewind it a little bit before that. Um, Sam had been studying engineering, and he decided at the end of a um, before he started university that that wasn't for him. Um, 
And so he got a job down the road at a local pub called The Lansdowne, um, which was the first place of, that has a tap of ours on it in there. And he started bringing back um, all kinds of, you know, very hoppy beers. And and to that point, I'd done, my father tried to get me into beer, but he, he kind of likes more twig beer type stuff, which I really <laughs> took to. Um, and then I lived in Germany for three or four years. I was based across there with the army and I got to do lots of German styles. Uh, in large quantities and um, so I kind of said to him oh this is what I drank you know and and he sort of educated me it was you know it was a reverse thing and I think the first thing I drank was Tiny Rebel was it Sonic Boom? Uh, no Hadouken. Hadouken. Okay. okay. Um, and I can believe it I was absolutely blown away by it. I thought this is fantastic. Um, anyway so fast forward sort of a couple of years from there we decided to go to a um, a left-handed giant um, tap day. This is before they had their own brewery where basically they're cuckoo brew and they had a warehouse and you pop down there. Wow. Um, we sat outside in the sun and I just asked him, father the son, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? And he said, I wouldn't mind setting a brewery up. And I said, oh, great, can I join you? And, <laughs> Sounds like a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we, we sort of, we motored through it and we were talking for about five minutes and during the course of the conversation, he said, well, the way I want to do it would be like this rather than any rival brewery. And I went, there's the name. And it literally <laughs> happened five minutes flat. I'm not joking. It, it was... You know, by far the, the sim- most simple and least thought out of idea ever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you've proved though that some of the best decisions are made with little thought behind almost. Yeah. Right, let's do it. Spare of the moment ones. Well, I guess yeah. the, the second question follow up to that is what number beer did that conversation take place on? <laughs> uh, was, was it early in the day was it like it was it, relatively it was. early we had a couple they, they three really, or four really <laughs> yeah they were really good because like i think we were drinking like at the time they had a pair called duet and we were we, were, we, we had about three of those already and we were starving and uh the guy who was working the bar there just came out and said, like, oh we just got this new toasty machine and uh i'm just trying our stuff do you guys want some and you're like yeah this is amazing <laughs> <laughs> free food can't go wrong this like um you know brewery tapper uh, event thing only some more people put dropped in and out but we we basically had the run of the place so it was yeah, yeah uh, so yeah we, we did hang around for quite a while <laughs> <laughs> well i uh i just want to put it down now while we're recording this uh if you do do a collaboration with uh left-handed giant i think toasty machine is a good name yes <laughs> <laughs> so i think you touched upon it when you were talking about how this beer came to be but how is it with the father-son dynamic in like when you come up with these beers and when you're actually brewing how does it work it's relatively weirdly easy like i think it, it you know i think the common uh, perception is that we would like kind of clash like all the time. Um, but like, which uh, admittedly when, when I was growing up and particularly when I told him I wanted to leave engineering, we did like a lot. Um, <laughs> but as soon as like, I don't know, it's, it's something kind of weird. As soon as we kind of step foot into the brewery or anything to do with the brewery, it just sort of stops sort of being that kind of relationship and it becomes like very much about just our business partnership, um, yeah. which is great because it's exactly how you want it. Um, yeah, I mean, occasionally, like, I have to stop. Uh, he comes up with a name for something, and I'm just like, no, I hate that name. I'm not doing that. And he get, occasionally gets annoyed by me leaving things all over the place and on top of fermenters and stuff and making a mess. Um, but relatively speaking, it's, it, it could have been a lot more disastrous 
touch wood than it has been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's. I think we've only had one row where I walked out and stalled off and then came back half an hour later feeling like an idiot. Which is pretty yeah. good considering over like the space of almost four years. So yeah. I'll take that. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. It's a good ratio. You know, when, when I, I want to do something or, or, I mean, you know, this can be a vast range. It doesn't just have to be making the beer. It can be, you know, business related. He's often there ahead of me and I say to him, I want to do it this way. And he's saying, yeah, I was thinking exactly the same thing. So we do chime quite a lot with, with stuff. You know, we, we we're on the same page an awful lot of the time, which is very helpful because if it wasn't, then it might be more difficult. Yeah. Mm. We do kind of have a rule in places. If one of us is like stout fast against a certain way or method or process or whatever, we do pretty much just say, all right, then fine. We won't do it that way. Like, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, you know, we, we, we compromise quite a lot in a, in a very like, very healthy way to be honest yeah. with you it's it's yeah. something i don't really tend to think of that much because it doesn't really happen that often like any sort of conflicts and stuff which is surprisingly really lucky so yeah no do you think as well you say you compromise quite a lot there do you also think as well you might complement each other with the brewing as well do you kind of teach each other different things as well and make each other better brewers do you think absolutely i mean he uh, the one thing i'm useless at is all of the numbers and like if i was still like going i'm like oh yeah um how much how much do you need for this water treatment he's like it's here i've got all the formulas ready for you blah, blah, blah. i'm like oh fantastic but i i think uh because i've probably spent a bit more time working in beer because before this obviously i worked at the Lansdowne, i worked for tiny rebel for a bit and i i still currently work at Brewdog. um so it's sort of like i have a bit more of an understanding of how out of what flavors are going to work better together um and it just seems to complement each other really well. We we often joke that like <laughs> I'm the architect and he's the engineer. So <laughs> yeah, I, I was gonna say uh, with a while yeah, like the imperial stout that we're gonna drink later, and he'll basically make it happen. So <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's what I was thinking. So is it kind of Sam? You kind of come up with the sort of flavor profile you want from the beer, yeah. and then Duncan, and is it is it up to you to figure out how that's gonna work or if it's gonna work? Yeah, pretty much. And and I I love problem solving. So it's it's the sort of thing that I, I attack with with you know both hands really. So yeah, it's, it it suits me down to the ground. Um, it, because his his knowledge is admittedly wider and better than mine. I mean, there's certain things that we have we've never made a barley wine because I can't stand the stuff. And he loves it. Um, <laughs> I want to make one badly, but um, and there's I'm trying to think of something that I like that you don't. Well, weirdly, I'm not a massive Imperial Stout fan, but it was my idea of my recipe. <laughs> Saison, yeah, I'm not a big, I'm not a big Saison fan. I've only oh. ever rated one Saison, uh, which is Saison de Pont. But yeah, I see good Saison to be fair. Yeah, yeah. very good Saison. It's good Saison. So, yeah, so that, that's effectively how it how it works. Yeah, and then he looks after all the marketing side, and I look after the um, all the business side of things. Yeah, you do the numbers, and I do the silly images on instagram <laughs> yeah well we, we were going to come on to it later but the photoshops i feel like we need to take a moment to discuss some of the photoshops because I, I feel like there's a lot of effort that's gone into some of these I, some of them yeah i mean so i, I really do you think so <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think is it was it the pomegranate when you were doing fruit oh and fruit, yeah and then you'd individually put your face on each pomegranate seed <laughs> uh, sat there for about two hours like once in the evening uh like sort of doing it and my, my girlfriend once and she's like what are you doing and i was like uh, it, it's all for the craft it's all for the craft <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah i mean some of them take a lot of time and some of them are relatively like very slap and dash jobs um yeah but they see, they're all on rival brewing company on instagram that's that's your handle yeah if yeah so they're all i've started to uh actually catalog them now as well and put them into a highlight section because it's surprisingly something that people love which i'm, I'm really glad for because it's just an opportunity for me to just be really weird and silly with our marketing basically yeah. oh, it's definitely something you stand out for Oh, yeah so we uh we, you talked a little bit there about you've worked in the lands down and a little bit in in brewdog in cardiff is that kind of sort of working in bars being able to get you the exposure of getting your your stuff into those kind of places yeah it it it's it massively helped like uh i mean cardiff's quite a unique one particularly like the kind of craft beer scene in cardiff like if you've worked in like one craft beer in Cardiff, you pretty much know almost everybody that works in any other craft beer in Cardiff. And I'm quite fortunate I've worked in quite a few now. Um, so you sort of, it, it's it's one of these places, Cardiff City Centre, where you just end up bumping into every every five minutes, you're, you walk into somebody else you know. So it is massively helped us sort of get our foot in the door that way. And I'm, I'm kind of like, hey, uh, How's it going, buddy? Uh, you want to buy some beer? Um, and I, What's I this do... in my pocket? A whole keg? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a whole case, yeah. So it, it, it's definitely been something that's been a massive benefit for us, particularly because obviously like starting anything from scratch is difficult enough, but it, it, it's great when you kind of, you know, a lot of like people that can kind of help you out. And we've had not only just like bars and stuff help us out from the beginning, we've had other breweries, you know, like Crafty Devil and, Reese at Beer Riff is a big friend of ours who helps us quite out quite a lot with stuff. So all these things just become super useful to know because mm. it's it's sort of it it also kind of builds like a bit of a sense of community as well in Cardiff, which is fantastic. So And I, I think you know, they've been a forgiving brand as well, because I think at the beginning there were some beers that yeah, we're not, you know, we're we're not up to par. Yeah. And I th I think every brewery go, you know, you you could if you spent all the time if you spent time deciding when you're going to launch your first beer, then you never would, you know. Yeah, yeah, things. yeah. And Sam mentioned Crafty there, the head brother Adam said exactly the same yeah, thing yeah. to me on occasions, you know, and you look back on something, you go, oh, God, you know. I can't believe we've but, done that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it had to happen sooner or later. You had to, you know, you had to go out there and, you know, and, and open cells. And I think there's been one or two occasions where, you know, people, bar, bar owners, managers whatever have been forgiving us and said yeah you know um so yeah and, and so we've been very 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 lucky in that respect um and we, as sam said we're very lucky that there's a good scene in cardiff there's a lot of really lovely people that are involved in it don matt if i could get a couple of opinions from you as we've coming towards the i assume you're coming towards the end of your glasses i finished my glass if i'm honest for me it was remarkably consistent throughout the whole glass that might have just been the speed that i was drinking it at <laughs> but it's uh it kind of held its its um kind of mouthfeel very very well there for me i don't know if that's um again if the speed i'm drinking it or something with the yeast or or just the way it's uh, been bottle conditioned i could be completely talking out my arse here <laughs> <laughs> probably am um any other thoughts don matt um, I, I don't I don't think I've actually have had an alt beer before, so I just want to say thank you for exposing me to a new style. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, actually, yeah, I thought it was very bready. Um, got that throughout when I was drinking it. Like I said, when I first poured it, it smelled. Um, I just thought it smelled very German. It's not really nice. Um, 
yeah and it kind of like the color almost reminded me of a like a, a a pale ale that would be poured like a british pale ale might be poured in a pub potentially that was what it reminded me of in color but yeah in taste it was more away from that it was more like a like a lager almost um but yeah i i enjoyed it i don't know what, what, what yourself yeah i mean it's definitely like i really enjoyed the malt flavor throughout because so i think it's something that with all these hazy beers that uh, a lot of breweries have been pumping out like you almost lose the malt flavor keep people maybe forget what malt actually tastes like um mm. so it's quite refreshing to drink it like this like like i said i definitely think it's going to be something that i would have in the fridge next to like a just a crisp lager because then you've got like your your cold days and your hot days and then it's all all there for yeah, you yeah um but yeah this went down really nice again i haven't had much exposure to the alt beers and i think the best review i could give it is i would definitely have another one after this yeah so and i'd say the same thing, thing guys appreciate that yeah it's nice it's nice <clears throat> good feedback thank you well uh next i believe we're going to be pulling out an apricot kettle sour so uh something completely different we've got this apricot kettle sour now for beer two or aks as uh, you very helpfully abbreviated it on the, the can oh, yeah i guess the, the question why why sours after german regional lagers i would say it it's it's for me personally i find that if you had something that's quite intensely like multi and particularly with like the old beer kind of i don't know if you've got the same thing i've got a bit really kind of wraps itself around your mouth a little bit so you're kind of tasting it on your cheeks still like by here and stuff yeah. so i'd say the sour is a really good way to sort of cut through that so particularly th this beer essentially is for us anyway it was designed to be sort of what i would call like an entry-level sour so it's it's not going to be like super super sour that you're kind of squinting your eyes as you drink it it's basically supposed to be like quite tart very refreshing a little bit zesty and just enough to kind of cut through sort of more bitter harsher flavors really i think also you know we we would we would be the first to admit that it is a hundred percent success I, I i think that's largely down to the fruit because we have made a number of um, kettle sales in the past with more obvious things like cherries and stuff like that in it um, and we wanted to push ourselves this time well I think for me personally that the, the, the sour itself is in good form I just don't think the fruit supports it and I just I don't think it's strong enough for what it is and yeah we wanted to stretch ourselves, you know, and try and do something a it little bit different. It was definitely an experiment. For and us, I, yeah. I was convinced if we hadn't had COVID last year, that last year was going to be the year of the sour and that people would, you know, it would become, I could see it becoming almost like, um, you know, like fruited cider or something like that. Yeah. People making the mm. leap. Um, so there was a, a bit of playing with that. What can we do with the flavour? So we tried this, but I, I just don't think apricot is the boy for this drink, you know, and, and unfortunately for me, I, well, I, I thought I'd drunk an apricot um, sour by Crooked Stave, but then having finished this and sitting there trying and going, oh, I don't know. He said, oh, no, it wasn't. It was a peach one. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they are quite... earlier, you know. And I said, I think technically it's fine. It's just, I just think the choice of fruit is is not a man. And we thought, well, you bugger it. We'll bring something on that hasn't, you know, hasn't quite worked as well and see, you know, be honest and say, you know, this is all kind of part of the process for us. Really. I mean, the, the honesty is is almost as refreshing as the beer. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm really good at this. We'll put that on the <laughs> <laughs> I, to be honest, for me, like 
you know, I'm not getting waves of fruit. I am getting the very apricot. And to my experience with apricot is dried apricots. I don't know if they do come in wet apricots as well. I've not, I've not gone that way. <laughs> but I, I get a little bit of dryness in this, and I don't know if that's just my association with the taste. Yeah. But it's certainly there. I'm kind of comparing it to a little bit to like an oasis. I keep wanting to have a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which and I don't know if that's because you know you, you should have you could have pumped eight times the amount of apricot in there and it it would have been not too dissimilar. But uh, it's it's a very interesting and yeah definitely an entry level um, sour for those who haven't really gone that way before. Mm. Uh, so the other point with with this beer is it's in a can. Uh, and the previous beer was in a bottle. Is there is there a conscious decision there between sort of switching those around? Yeah. Yeah. So a f- there's a, there's a few factors in play, really, isn't there? Um, but pretty much everything that we do at the moment, because we're such a small scale, um, so anything we package is is packaged by hand, um, or like ke- be it like keg, bowl cans, and it could be really fun to them days when you're basically canning or bottling like. I don't know, 200 litres of beer in one go. Because <laughs> oh, wow. it's a lot slower than a, a, a machine would do it. Um, but uh, so kind of the reason we kind of put the German style on the bottle is one, I think it, it just looks a bit better. And I think people, for some reason, seem to be drawn more towards lager in a bottle than they do a can. Uh, I think that's because of the kind of bad, uh, like, prematurial. So like with, Folk memory. Yeah, say. with yeah, like well, bad yeah. lagers and cans and stuff like that. Yeah, and and we are, you know, we're bringing a lot of people over with that still. And and I just know that, you know, I said about the pre-orders on the outbeer, I I know they wouldn't have been anywhere near that if we put them in cans. They would have, there would have been a lot of, mm. there's also the size as well, 440. People get a bit scared by that, weirdly enough. I mean, it's it's not been something that bothers me, but. We we tend to try and put the kind of, the beers that we think are going to be, best served by cancer stuff like the ipas where we can kind of lock in the freshness a bit more yeah sours where we can kind of keep the kind of the fruit in then stuff whereas like stuff like the lagers and kind of impy style it, it, it it's not going to hurt it just to be a, like it, to be in a bottle so particularly the imperial style i think having it in a bit of a smaller size definitely helps yeah, <laughs> yeah. probably helps yeah, yeah. Helps yeah. Uh, we are going to do some in cans yeah we're going to do some in cans and see how it goes but, but the hardcore yeah, for the brave. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, eventually, like, I think we're, we're always going to be on a point where we uh, we want to get all of our stuff in cans. Um, and it, it is kind of a goal. But the way that kind of we have to can at the moment, it, it's a bit difficult to sort of, particularly with the coast that, like, we get a lot of orders from and, and, and because we have to sell so much of it. And obviously, we already produce so much we could sell more technically in bottles than we can in cans. So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, our biggest customers are kind of like, you know, pizza, uh, you know, the biggest bulk customers are kind of like, basically sell pizzas and stuff like that. And yeah, I just I just know what their reaction would be if we gave yeah. it to them in cans. Although we've got two in actual fact, and the other one only takes cans, isesn't he? So, yeah, it's, it's kind of, <laughs> yeah. Don't listen to anything out there. Right? Yeah, some people, <laughs> it's all personal preference, yeah. isn't it, I suppose? So going back a little bit, if COVID wasn't knocking around at the moment and everything was back to normal, what kind of split do you do with kind of kegs and cans and bottles? Well, before kind of the sort of COVID era, we we were pretty much like you're talking maybe we would package maybe 10% would go into cans and bottles and the rest would just be keg. Like because at the time it was just a lot easier for us. It was uh, a lot less hassle. 
we weren't having to put stuff, you know, label things because obviously everything we also can by hand gets labeled by hand. Um, yeah. But like, so. You know if you've got a wonky label. So. Uh, yeah, that was. <laughs> cool. um, but uh, yeah, so basically most of the stuff that we had, and because most of our biggest customers and stuff, and the majority of people we sell to were uh, bars and restaurants, we just sell them all keg beer. So, and it, it was easiest for us as well. It was quicker. But obviously, since COVID, we've you kind of have to adapt to to, mm. to kind of your climate. So pretty much now, I can't remember the last time we actually put a beer into kegs. <laughs> no. It's it's just mm. all being cans and bottles recently. So it's it's sort of like going from one one extreme to the other. I mean, ideally, I think going forward, if in a perfect world, we we probably keg about sixty to sixty five percent, and then can and bottle yeah. the rest. Um, I'm glad. Yeah. I'm- I'm not glad that COVID happened. God, no, not at all. But I'm I'm glad that this experience has has given us a bit of a jolt because before this we didn't have we had a website that we weren't doing anything with. We've now got like a web shop. We do local deliveries, you know, and all that sort of stuff. So it really forced us to kind of look at you know a, a different options, and we moved pretty quickly. Yeah, on it I as think well. it, it's forced us to adapt in in really some mm. some quite positive ways. Yeah, and, and I, I really like interaction with customers. I, you know, it's really nice to go out and even just doing deliveries and just chat with people and stuff like that. It's, it is one of the highlights of the job. Just sort of going back a little bit and crossing some of that stuff. Do you think with going to cans and you know, doing local deliveries, are you going out to places where you wouldn't have had kegs going out to before? Is it opened your market up a little bit? I, I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. You you got to be you got to you got to be quite cute with this because what you then need to look at is the kind of the socio-demographic profile of, a, of, of the, the region that you're working in. And you look at someone like Cardiff, it's exploded in the last few years, Swansea also to a, to a lesser extent, but you'll find that you'll get a lot of 20-somethings, professionals, people that um, are on the ladder, but they cannot afford to live in Cardiff. I mean, the house which we're talking to you from, the price of it has gone up probably five times in the 20 years wow. that I've been here. I mean, it's, it's wow. insane. Wow. Um, and, you know, if you're, if, if you're, you know, sort of a, a 26-year-old, whatever, graduate that's just into your first job, you know, in an office, then you start looking outside of the area and you start looking at the, the, the hinterland around us and places like Bridge End and up into the valleys and places like that. Yeah, I'm seeing, um, like, you're seeing a lot of kind of little craft beer, particularly, like, bottle shops and stuff, start to pop up in, like, little small kind of towns up in the valleys and stuff and, and, yeah. and it's, it's great for us like we love it and i think they're kind of realizing as well like like you were saying there like people who necessarily may work in cardiff aren't necessarily always living in cardiff and it's sort of the same with places like yeah. bristol you but know they do, um, when, yeah. once they're out there they've got disposable income and yeah they they want to they you know they they want to I hesitate to say this, but they want to drink quality beer. You know, they 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 want to do something a little bit that they're just geared that way. You know, and so they're they're the sort of guys guys who go off there. And, and like Sam was saying, some of the bottle shops that, was, that I set up in the in the Ronda just before Christmas, they're absolutely flying. They're literally two months. You know, in in two months they are chocker the whole time selling. And you know, yeah. you know, you know. And, and it's wild because if you if you ask me when I started, even when I started working in the bars, which immediately isn't that long ago, it's about eight years ago. Like, would craft beer sell in the Ronda? I would have laughed. I'd be like, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. not a chance. Um, but yeah, it, it, I think it's it's a really, it's been one of the few things that's been really encouraging to see because obviously, like you said, we've, we've definitely had to sort of, you know, uh, rather than relying purely on Cardiff, like we, we had done for the beginning of our kind of tenure as a brewery. Um, 
we have been exploring like slightly further out and kind of going a little bit further on. And it's, it's really fantastic to see lots of different, smaller, more independent places, particularly open up in areas that you just never would have imagined yeah. craft beer even reaching 10 years ago. So oh, there, there's so many of them we can't get around to. Really. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. Wow. I've got a list that I've had since the beginning of the new year of people that I need to go out and see. And <laughs> it hasn't happened because, you know, because we basically sell out, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, well, it's it's a nice problem to have, isn't it? I'm I'm sure yeah. they'd be very understanding yeah. about suffering that. from success. You don't have a core range at the moment. Is this something no. that you think will drive you towards having a core range, kind of knowing what people are like and what they're going for, or are you always going to be? We're just going to brew what we want at that time. We kind of do have a core range, but. Um, what we haven't been doing is keeping it in stock in any kind of large numbers. And yeah. I think that, I mean, this, this brings us around to our sort of uh, our ongoing problems with hazes, which I don't think we've cracked. I mean, if, you, if you've drunk one of like Reese's, Reese's are absolute first class, you know, and, and um, I don't, I think <laughs> we, we just did this weird thing where we, the first couple that we made were really good. And then after that, it just kind of went sideways. The last one tasted like it wasn't hazy and like it said hazy on the tin i just thought oh god we're gonna crucify it it tasted really well, nice it was it was but it just you know but you, as we know hazies are incredibly unstable and it, it may well be the reason that it clarified was because you know it was hanging around for for kind of a couple of months or and so. i think that's sort of why like we haven't really started to kind of build a kind of core beer range i think i think it's because we sort of do have a core beer range but yeah we sort of rotate it so you know it, it um, tends to be like sort of what we're feeling that month i'd say it's more of a kind of monthly like a month by month kind of changing thing for us so like i think eventually once we do get a bigger brewery maybe there will be a bit more consistency on like the fact that we will have we'll always have like a west coast ipa we'll always yeah. have you know <laughs> yeah. like a lager or a colch or something like that and, and probably a sour but at the moment i think a lot of what because we're such we're at a small size right now i think it's 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 sort of more advantageous for us to basically just experiment on everything because yeah. we aren't taking the risk of if ever if a 500 litre batch goes wrong, then it's not great. But if a 5,000 litre batch goes wrong, then it's like yeah, heartbreaking. It's so proposition. Yeah. But, yeah. So going back to it though, so this is AKS for short, the apricot kettle sour. Do you think there's room for like a KS series, like a kettle sour series where you just change the fruit that goes into it? Absolutely. Yeah, this is something I wanted to ask as well. So like you said earlier on about the apricots and maybe not being the right fruit. Is there a fruit that you want to go down next like what are you kind of yeah yeah planning next with the sours so i sort of put like a uh i think i had the basically i had the kind of same idea and i was like right well i kind of want to see what people think so i like went that's going back to what we said earlier about that photoshop image of my face and all the pomegranate that's essentially <laughs> what i did i was like well i'm just gonna ask our customers like what what fruit they would like to see in our next sour and i think the one i would like to do personally next is passion fruit um I think because it's, it, I think I'm trying to go kind of polar opposite to the apricot. So, like we've all had with this beer, it, it, it you can taste the apricot in there, but apricot's quite a mild fruit, whereas passion fruit is is super tart. It's quite mm. sharp. Mm. So I'm like, I think that'll be really fun to do next. And then yeah, we'll just go from there. We'll, we'll just 
do different ones. I mean, thankfully, I, I, I can't actually remember the Instagram posts, but I do have loads of pictures on my phone with just my face on random fruit. <laughs> so I can just pick from that, I guess. See, um, the, when, when, when people say the Photoshop's are pointless, you can point them exactly. back. Exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think my, my inclination might be to reset and, and go back and do another, you know, um, a cherry one and just... I like to because we have well. better, we have, nice. we have a better source of lactobacillus now, which is what we need for it. And I think that's what's helped this one sit. Just to see, you know, just to be certain in my head that we are on the right track. Because I think the first one we ever made, we set it off to um, was it the Great Welsh Beer Festival? Yeah, Great Welsh Beer Festival. One, you know, they have like oh, a, yeah. yeah. They have a they have a bar for for us guys for us. Yeah, they had a bar for eight keg beers. Um, <laughs> and um, Christ, it came. I mean, it, it flew reduced. out. We were amazed how quickly it flew yeah, out. Yeah, it was like at about four and a half on untapped. Not not you know we talk about untapped and the cars going, but um, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was just ridiculously high. Um, it's since fallen away from that. But um, again, been a bit beginners luck. But it, it, I don't know whether to kind of. Do you know what I mean? To kind of, it's always revisit good to kind it, of touch upon it and see what you can do. Where you are with it, you know, um, rather than kind of plow into something. But that's the kind of the engineer approach, you know, change one thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I'm it's like, a, it's a passion right there. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so do you, would you take the same sort of core beer here and then just use a different fruit? I mean, yeah. I would. I'm pretty happy with. Yeah. I, I, in terms of the actual beer itself i'm i'm really happy like it, it it nailed everything i wanted it to be it's it's not an aggressive abv the body's really nice and light it is tar it's not overly sour so it's not like intimidating to people that aren't massive sour fans um but yeah i mean i would happily just literally switch out fruits every single day yeah. <laughs> duncan from your point of view do you do you agree with that do you agree with the uh, the rogue statement yeah, I, th I think I think that the 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 base the base of it is fine, and our stout is pretty much where we want it to be now, and it's just tinkering. Our west coasts are, are pretty much where they want to be, and now we're just tinkering. Um, the German beers are pretty much you know that's tinkering. The the, the last kind of frontier for us is is hazies really, just <laughs> nailing them and getting them right. I just sort of came back again slightly to the. Uh this sort of sour conversation do you, do you think that the the taste of the market has changed in the last few years to be more accepting to sours i'd say so like from a personal point of view and working in bars and stuff but when i when like even like five years ago so I, like when i started in the bar i currently work in um you'd find that we'd have like maybe one sour on and it would be there for a month and a half two months like it would not shift and now we go through like even even during like the last year when we were kind of like all the regulations and stuff in place, we were still going through at least two kegs of sour a week. Like wow. it, it's, mm -hmm. you could see that it's become more and more popular for people. Like I know lots of people now as well that weren't massive beer fans beforehand. They, they, mm -hmm. they really like their cider or they really like their wine. Mm -hmm. And sour beer is essentially weirdly what got them into beer because it was sort of like their gateway. Um, yeah. So I, 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 think, I think it's one of these things because it's, it's sour beer is interesting because it sort of has sort of two different narratives. It has the very traditional Belgian narrative of Gers and Lambic and kind of Oudbrun and, uh, you know, and, 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 and like stuff like that. Fairly inaccessible beers, though. Yeah. And then, but then it has sort of like, it also sort of has its craft beer narrative, like 
you know, from like America, where you have these big, the wild, wild kind of wild ales, yeah, very aggressive American sours, and it's sort of like developed along those those lines. And and I'm finding now that you're kind of it's now become much more popular because it like sort of like how IPA had its reemergence. Yeah. I feel like now yeah. particular sour beer is getting its reemergence, and uh, it's, it's great because I love sour beer. Like it's yeah. like, easily top three style for me. Further so. down the line, I would love, love, love to get into wild fermentation. I really would. Um, That's his dream, honestly. I, I, I would. <laughs> I, I just be fascinated by what those little fellas do when they're out floating around the world. I'm, I'm pretty um, sure in ten years' time, he's gonna he's gonna walk into the brewery one day and he's gonna go, yeah, so. Uh, I'm just going to go buy a farm and uh, put a cool ship in there. And all I'm going to do now for rival is just make spontaneously fermented beer. And I'm just going like, to go for it. <laughs> he, he, he's he's going to pick some yeast up and throw it in the air. And go, yeah, okay, exactly. that, now we've got wild yeast. Let's come back in six months. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, interesting. Anywhere it? near it's, my brewery. It's yeah. very much as a you know progression. So you know the the next thing that we do from here is we you know we start developing our own cultures. Um, and for that, I think we need a bigger place, which is, you know, which is what we're, we're starting to talk about now. And then once you start to develop your own, you know, your own, your own cultures and you, you get actively involved in yeast management then that side of things becomes more straightforward. Um, and I kind of, I know how to do it because I've, I've read the books about it. But it's not something that we've actually delved into yet, and also, you know, the, you, it requires quite a lot of expense. I can imagine. Is it still the same space that originally, isn't it? Yeah, that you that you you first moved into. Yeah, it's 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 literally the garage in my house still, and I wow. honestly don't know how we've got the size of the brewery that we have in there. It's it's <laughs> it's sort of a bit like a kind of brewery TARDIS. I, I don't really understand why it makes sense. Like on the outside, it looks tiny, but for some reason, we've managed to fit a, a one brew barrel kit in there. And <laughs> no, it's not one. It's two and a half. Barrel. It's two and a half. Oh, you, you were doing it a disservice. Come on, Sam. I know. Come this on. is what I mean. It seems so much smaller than it is. And in actual I, fact, I think I think the brew house crank out well. No, because the mash tun is a bit of an odd size, but the the cattle and yeah, it can do about 150 litres. Yeah, the cattle. Yeah. So I don't get how we've got this in a garage. <laughs> well, uh, the good thing about garages is they've got quite big doors to get stuff in. Yeah, 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 that's that's yeah, that's the good thing. And coming to the end of this beer, then, as uh, as we've got a few more to drink after this, uh, it held up again, again quite well. The um, I, I kind of reached the bottom before I intended to, if I'm honest. Again, it just sort of kept kept slipping down my neck, and I kept drinking it lads any any other thoughts apart yeah. from my sort of didn't really say anything there. strange description of it yeah, yeah. So, um i think if i said that the last beer was sort of a beer you would have reached for in a cold evening this is very much the opposite this is I'm, i want to be in a beer garden but i want to look sexy whilst i'm doing it in so, yeah, reach, oh. maybe not in lederhosen <laughs> but you, you reach you reach for a kettle sour, kettle sour it's a little bit fruity um you're not quite emasculated to the cider extent and then you've got this fruitiness in your glass and you're enjoying it and it just goes down an absolute treat to be honest um i know we've mentioned about the fruit maybe not holding up potentially as well uh, just because of like the delicate nature of it but i definitely think like the base beer if you threw maybe like some forest fruits at it or the passion fruit like you mentioned yeah. or pomegranate it would definitely hold up like but yeah, it's been delicious. For, for me, it was kind of more, 
drinking without thinking rather than you drink it and you have to stop because it was you know you, your cheeks are uh, not on fire but whatever the sour equivalent of on fire is yep. Yeah. yeah, they're pu- yeah. like puckered us. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah just, I, I just thought it was, yeah. it was incredibly refreshing. Like this beer, like like Curtis kind of said, it, it just kept like wanted to sip it again. It, but you, you know, it'd be it'd be perfect on the you know, thirty degrees heat, sitting on a bench in a beer garden. That's that's where I'd want to drink that beer, or maybe somewhere like Florida or something like that. I'd, I'd love to <laughs> yeah. drink that, that beer there. It just in the, it was it was super nice, and yeah, I did get like you know like a subtle kind of like. For me, it was like, an, like a, it took me back to like apricot jam almost, like a subtleness from that. And it was, um, yeah, it, it was it was nice. I, I enjoyed it. Oh, good. I really like the uh, drinking without thinking. That might have to be like a secondary bottle. They drink beer, so much beer. All other different types of beer. They drink beer, lots of beer. It's beer. So uh, we've moved on to a West Coast IPA now, another another beer in a can. Um, I know you talked a little bit earlier about the difference and the kind of what you've had with, with hazy sort of East Coast IPAs. Rather than talking about this beer to start with, can I sort of ask the question of what were the kind of uh, West Coast IPAs that kind of got you into the, this style of beer? I'll let you take the lead on this because this is his, this is his yeah, I mean, baby. It's, it's quite a personal story. Um, probably 2015, I was in Brewdog, sat at the end of the bar, and it was either Sam or Dan, mate of ours, pushed um, a beer in front of me called Alpine Duet. Um, and I thought it was an absolutely amazing beer, fantastic. The following year, me and my missus are up for our 25th wedding anniversary, and she said, I want to go somewhere hot. So I said, San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> San Diego? Like. <laughs> and we, and yeah, my, my, my missus is very, she's very um, relaxed about these kind of things, you know, about as long as she can drink wine, she's fine. Um, and I made a, a pilgrimage to the Alpine Brewery, which is up in the hills above San Diego, about 20 miles away, and had a pint of duet there. And it's it's a really straightforward. Um, I mean, nobody knows for certain what's in it apart from the brewery. But the breakdowns I've seen it is very straightforward. You know, like most like West Coast IPAs, got a straightforward malt bill. Malt bill sits back. So does the yeast. The hops come forward. It's got Amarillo and Simcoe in it. And drinking it, sauce, it was absolutely incredible. You know, absolute five star beer. Um, really, really blew me away. And it's kind of been my life's ambition to. Um, to create it, recreate it. Yeah, this isn't this isn't duet, by the way. <laughs> it's a long way off where I want to be. Well, no, not a long way off, but it's it's but it's way off. It's it's, it's something that yeah. It's a step on the journey towards it almost. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. like for me, it's basically every time he comes into the brewery now and he's like, oh, yeah, so I've got a, a new recipe I want to try. I'm like, it's a West Coast IPA, right? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> makes sense. It's basically like his his. It's sort of, well, I think it's also sort of the thing that kind of started this off. I mean, like, particularly even for me, I think the sort of first kind of styles of beer that I got into were like West Coast IPA. So stuff like Jack Hammer from Brewdog and then like Stone Go To IPA, which is still one of my favorite beers yeah, of all time. It's just beer. nice, crushable, super bitter, very piney, very resinous kind of beer. But in particular, it's, 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 it's one of the few beers that I probably have awkwardly for me this is probably the bit i have the least amount of involvement in because this is this is his like this is his baby you know like this is everything he wants to do when it's it comes like to takeover 
yeah, I'll, I'll taste it at it, the end, it, and that's my yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's just obsessed with finding perfection, which is great because like it means I can then just go off and do all the the random city stuff. Um. I think the West Coast style is is a really great place to be at the moment. I'm I don't know if this is in my head. I'm kind of you know jumping around with the timeline of what happened, but I kind of felt that there was there was a race to bitterness with West Coast that it was getting stronger and stronger and bitterer and bitterer. And that's the way the market was going. And then the market suddenly jumped to, oh, no, actually we wanted it to be really hazy and, and really uh, no bitterness at all and lo- loads of fruit going on. And yeah. people didn't really drop back. They kind of jumped over. And if, if yeah. I think now, if I'm thinking a UK brewery, like core range West Coast IPA style, I mean, I might pick something from Vocation that I can get from Tesco's. Yeah. They, they've got a couple. I might say something like a proper job that's uh, it's sort of halfway there. And, and it's a lovely beer that you can pick up everywhere. I, I wouldn't say, or and I might be completely wrong here, but I couldn't pick up like a mainstream craft brewer that's got a, a, a core West Coast RPA. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely like something that sort of, they're all in the hazy game yeah and you it's not even just like in terms of brewers as well like um one of the biggest um, this is going to get very hop nerdy now so i do apologize but um wait we 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 love our we love our hops on here yeah we love it so uh i think it was like up until about yeah like 2012 2013 in america like most of the hops that they were producing there were what we call like high alpha hops and Alpha hops are essentially like what give you the kind of bitterness in beer. So the higher the alpha acid in the hop, the more kind of bitter punch you're going to get. So most of what they were growing there, like 70% of the hops they were growing there were all very, very high alpha hops, like Chinook, Centennial, you know, stuff that we absolutely adore. Um, But you can tell, like in the last couple of years, a lot of farmers and a lot of hop producers have basically now switched. So it's kind of gone the other way. So now about 70% of the hops they are growing are like stuff like Citra and Mosaic, um you know simcoe and all these kind of much more like juicier tropical wines which don't get me wrong i love them i love them to bits but it's very interesting to see that how not only does sort of um sort of like people's preference and beer styles influence us as brewers but it also influences the people that grow our ingredients you know because because they've got to they've got to rip up fills and devote them exactly and i guess they've got quite a long lead time as well yeah yeah so it's it's super interesting to see how even something is is, is like you said like uh, like people just jumping on hazies has massively changed not only like the brewing market but like mm. farmers like hot producers even like down to like maltsters as well like where they're producing much more kind of wheat and oats and like sort of uh, like well, stuff they've, like they've gone back farmers, to the old but, school you know a lot yeah. of, a lot of what sustains a hazy is is much more of a kind of an English uh, an old English. Uh, paleo IPA profile, you know, and and, the, and with the yeast as well. I mean, my, with me, there, there were two things really. The first was um, it is much easier to get someone to jump from a stellar over to this than it is over, which we've already discussed. Mm. But the second thing was I can't even remember when it was. Maybe two, three years ago, we had a bag of Centennial from our hop supplier. It was just amazing. It was just it had so much flavour and character in it. And and I've never seen him more excited than the yeah, first day. <laughs> you, know, this, 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 you know, I, I felt like I felt like, and this is a a candy shop. I felt like the beer industry kind of rushed past these these hops and yeah. you know Citra Simcoe 
mosaic are all lovely, lovely fantastic cops yeah they're, they're mainstays of our beers we keep them in the freezer all the time galaxy not so much I, I have my misgivings about galaxy from time to time but but just centennial is just and and so, the rest of the sea hops are just there's so much life left in them and there's so many yeah. you know if you, you it's interesting you're saying um about you know how few people uh, how few places you can get west coast but it's also interesting how many, how few beer drinkers have, have drunk West Coast, and within craft beer world, it it is assumed that you know that that's happened and that's history. But there are just millions of people that have never drunk one, and mm. and and you know, I see it as my life's mission to introduce <laughs> <laughs> like, like the hops, the hops of the industry forgot almost. You want to like yeah. bring them yeah. back? Yeah, I, I think it's an exciting time for West Coast IPAs because, like Curtis mentioned, it's. Every, it was a race to bitterness. It's, it's in, in the beer world and in the world in general, it's always a race to the most extreme of something, isn't it? So people are like, well, here's the most bitter IPA I've produced. It's got 150 IBU. You take a sip and you put it down. You wouldn't drink it again. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, let's come the other way. Let's make the haziest beer. You drink a couple of them and, and you won't want to drink anymore. Yeah, exactly. And it's then, all the arms race stuff, isn't it? Yeah, yeah and then yeah, it's kind exactly. of swinging back. People are like, okay, well, I liked some of the West Coast style, and I like some of the drinkability of the hazier beers. So now I want to kind of meet them in the middle and start to explore the bitterness. Because yeah. what I find them really enjoyable about this beer is it's clearly got the bitterness in there, but the bitterness is what kind of keeps you coming back. It's kind of like yeah. a lower level bitterness almost. Like balanced bitterness, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, that's kind of our goal with it, I think, is that, like, like you said, like, yeah, there was this race to extreme bitterness that, like, was a bit unnecessary because like as, as far as obviously West Coast are supposed to have punchy kind of flavors that's kind of what they're about but at the same time it, you're right they were just taken to a point where they were becoming undrinkable and and they that's why people fell out of them where traditionally like you go back to kind of the old school West Coast IPA stuff like Sierra Nevada and like Anchor and stuff like that like it wasn't necessarily about getting the most bitter beer it was about getting the most flavor you could get out of the hops, the biggest kind of piney, resinousy, you know, citrusy kind of flavors, but also having a nice bitter finish to it. But yeah, I think that's kind of what we're trying to achieve with this one a little bit is that it, it's, it's, it shouldn't be about, you know, extreme bitterness to a point where you're just like, oh, I can't even handle more than one. It should be about pleasant bitterness that sort of mm. is balanced on your tongue yeah. it balances with the kind of other flavors that come from the hops because hops aren't all about bitterness they're they're they it's a big part of them but it, it it's not the so it shouldn't be the main component of them. and the other thing the other side of that is with hazies that the kind of juicy tropical flavors you get are obviously a, a big part of hops but it shouldn't be all of them so it's just trying to find the kind of middle ground between the two to sort of portray it through and i think that's kind of particularly i mean less for me but definitely that's kind of what your goal is really isn't it so yeah i, I think i'm just obsessed with simplicity there's some somebody much wiser said you know simplicity is the end of the process it's not the the beginning and, and i like the idea of working within tight parameters and and you know producing something that's good really and, and that goes for the german beers as well um i like i like beers where there's very little space to hide yeah, um, we like to give ourselves a bit of well, the hard yeah, ones to prove. Well, I, I go more for sea hops than than the the rock star hops. The rock star hops are fantastic, and they will, you know, you, you can make something that's pretty shitty um, and hide it quite well with with, yeah, with that's true. You know, a citra or a mosaic or, or whatever. Um, 
Um, but yeah, so I, I like the idea of kind of, you know, testing yourself, working within a tight parameter. Um, and that's really why I, one of the reasons why it just, you know, West Coast really just float my boat. So we, we, we've obviously touched upon you kind of focusing at the lower end of the spectrum, um, ABV wise. Good if sense, someone good twisted sense. your arm, would a double IPA, Westy, is that something <sighs> that you could uh, double your toes in? Would you be tempted to do something like that? We've got something in the tank at the moment that's going to be pushing six and a half, and we're going upwards with it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm slowly twisting his arm towards going to about six and a half because I, if for me in my head, like as much as this is really nice at five and a half, it's sort of like your kind of punk IPA strength or whatever. But like for me, the kind of West Coast that I always loved were like a bit higher percent. Like yeah, they're they're that kind of middle ground where they're not necessarily like nine and ten, but they're like seven percent bang on. And mm-hmm. I feel like weirdly the alcohol carries through the flavor a little bit more um yeah. and I, I i suppose it means you can be a little bit more aggressive with your dry hop or something yeah when Definitely. you've got that alcohol to carry it through yeah. absolutely um and then yeah i think it's definitely on the cards that like something we've only ever tackled a double ipa once i think and this was like two years ago and yeah it, uh, it, yeah it definitely wasn't one to remember and and but then when we were brewing this back on a kit that was the third of the size that we're on now and 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 a third of the knowledge that we and, have yeah, now exactly. <laughs> experience yeah. I mean, if it's two years ago and you've only been going for kind of four years then yeah that's, that's exactly a long time, like isn't it? if 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 i went back to even two years ago and told myself hey uh you you've just made a 13 percent imperial stout and it's actually pretty decent yeah. <laughs> i would have laughed at myself so <laughs> the dipper you got in the tank or the six and a half percent you got in the tank is that a similar kind of base to this five and a half yeah it's uh more bitter um higher um addition High of um it's got high addition of columbus but we've also added chinook in as well at the beginning um <clears throat> and it had uh, Cascade and Centennial, and well, we didn't have anything at the end of the boil, just at the beginning there. What we had been doing was chucking um, hops in at five minute intervals through through the boil, but this one we basically chucked a, a big chunk in at the beginning, left it to the end, went to Whirlpool, not proper Whirlpool, but it basically we were adding hops at 85 degrees, and that was Cascade and Centennial, and then uh, Cascade and Centennial went in the first dry hop, which was during fermentation. Um, it's now in conditioning. We'll wait for it to <clears throat> calm down. And at five days, I think we're going to add, aren't we? Um, but we think we're going to add Chinook because we're, we're... You say we. We're <laughs> <laughs> totally happy with the Cascades, uh, which is a bit disappointing, but... Um, I said to her at one point during the spell, I was like, hey, why don't we just add citron to the tribe? He went, no citron. I was like, okay. Well, okay. <laughs> but it's a sea heart. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're just going to rain it, rain in the bitterness almost. Yeah, he was like, no citron. I was like, okay, okay, okay. It's your um, beer. It's your beer. Well, in actual fact, that's a complete lie. That's <laughs> not a lie. <laughs> <laughs> what um, I mean, is, <clears throat> we'll add hot, we'll add Chinook and Centennial at five days and then see how that pans out. And if we need to do a further addition at seven days, then that could be Citra. You did not say that. I, I, I think this, this is this is how we're going to tell how the beers turned out. 
with yeah. his yeah. names plastered on the front of it. Like if it's, it has like, five if, if, if it's on Tesco's it. double IPA, then it's like okay, this is this has turned out well. But if it's Duncan's beer, then uh... <laughs> yeah, that's literally how I'm gonna advertise it now. You don't have all the control of the social media, so it's just gonna be yeah, Duncan's, Duncan's wet dream. Beer. Yeah. <laughs> Duncan does not give a shit about social media, so I probably won't even see. <laughs> your 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 face is going to be on so many weird things now. Um, yeah, so um, yeah, so that that we we we've actually bittered that up, and I, I I do sincerely believe that this beer can benefit from a from a little bit more bitterness, definitely, and more hot. I was going to say, do you think this is something, Duncan, that you'll always be tweaking, or do you, do you think this is pretty close to where you want it? Or I I, I think. By the time I shuffle off this ball of coil, I don't think I'll have ever made a perfect one. Um, but you know that sounds that sounds a little bit kind of depressing. But in actual fact, it isn't. It's kind of galvanising at the same mm. time. Um, I like the idea that I, I love the fact that you know you can go in there and some someone is it's fantastic. You turn up really early. You feel like the only person in the world. You wander in the brewery. You know, five o'clock in the morning or whatever. That's him, not um, me, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you rock up nine, uh, ten o'clock, and you just yeah. you think to yourself, "This could be, this could be the day that I do it." This, yeah, and, and yeah, it's, it's 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 intoxicating. You know, it's it really is, and um, and that's just the uh, smell. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, but that's the other problem is that the smell that we get out of the thing is fantastic. We're like, God, I really wish it ends up in the final. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the best things about brew day. Yeah, when you get yeah, and that's. That kind of constantly trying to make it better, I think, is one of the things that attracts me to craft beer. And yeah, I'm I'm a very, very, very humble home brewer. But at the same time, I love the fact that there are yeah, guys out there who have got fantastic beers, but they're always trying to make it better. And that's what makes them master craftsmen rather than people who are pumping out a recipe. Yeah. Uh, and and for me that's that's why it's it's so special, is it there's always thought that goes into everything. It's not just uh Oh, that steps next. That steps next. I'm not thinking about. It, I'm doing it. Well, we, we we totally tip our hat to home brewers in terms of, you know, stuff that we've learned from forums and things. And you see some of them, and you know, the the science is what I think we need next. That we we really do need to apply. I mean, it might help if we have a, you know, a custom spec a brewery built for us, which we'll, we'll work out if and when that can happen. But um, Post-COVID, <laughs> yeah, we, we definitely we definitely need um, you know to be applying more. The, the I always think this is the kind of the the um, the irony of craft beer is the people that are best at making it. it it's all pure science. It really is. Uh, well, I think we should probably talk a little bit more about this West Coast. And I think we uh, for me this this was lovely. Um, I, I drink probably more West Coast IPAs than average because I. I share a little beer with my dad because I know he loves it. I, sorry, he loves West Coast stuff. So I'll, I'll pick stuff out and, and get that. And I'd probably pick more of it out because of that reason than if I was just purely uh, on my hazy selection. So uh, for me, it was, it was it was really, really nice. Probably higher bitterness than I would normally have or normally oh, yeah, expect. Although that towards, and that might just be a reflection on the market and where the market is for, for West Coast at the moment. And then towards the end, I thought it it quite it mellowed out a little bit to be um, yeah, very drinkable. And you didn't get any of that kind of soapiness that you can sometimes get with this style of beer. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah. 
I actually probably interesting you said that Curtis because the first couple of sips I took I was actually taken aback by the bitterness as well but I think you're right that it's maybe just a reflection of where the market's at maybe the most the majority of west coast IPAs that that I drink or that we drink maybe aren't as bitter as as, as what this is um but I thought it was piney I, I thought it was resinous and yeah I I, I, I enjoyed it yeah that was great Thank yeah it, it, it definitely has like a very clean it's a very clean palette to it um it definitely treads the line with the bitterness that's going on there um it, it kind of you, you like you guys mentioned you take your first sip and you're like oh that's a bit bitter but then it kind of drags you back in yeah. and they're like no you yeah you, you want to drink more of this like trust me and then like as you get further down the glass you're like yeah i'm really enjoying this and uh yeah, it's super clean, super crisp, super resinous and piney. Yeah. Well, thank you, guys. So, I, I do think definitely our beers benefit from a little bit of oxygen once you've, you know, you poured them out into a glass. Of they settle nicely, yeah. Yeah, mm. that's, that's always been the case. We, I wish I could tell you why that is, but... <laughs> please, <you know. laughs> yeah, thank well, you. That. Appreciate the feedback. Really appreciate it. But yeah, we are back now with the fourth and... It probably will be final with how we'll be after it. Uh, beer of the night. <laughs> For those who forgot, we're with the, the wonderful rival from from Cardiff, and now we we've, we've stepped up seven notches, eight notches. We're I quite high it. on the notch scale. At whatever point now, the highest we've gone so far is five and a half. So this is this is, yeah. this is, this is over it, double. <laughs> this this is a ramp. There will be a, a little sign about trucks moving slowly. I think on this one. I think I think that's <laughs> yeah. fair to say. Thirteen percent, thirteen percent imperial stout. I I I think this this beer is is probably big enough that we can sort of talk through the stages of it a little bit. So I've poured some out here. On the nose, I'm getting quite a lot of booze. I'm getting a little bit of chocolate. I'm slightly coffee, but not not much because I think the yeah. booze is is kind of in the way. Is that something? And I think it's probably actually worth you kind of explaining your process here because it is such a big big beer. Was it was it particularly different to the way you'd normally brew a a, a quote unquote in, normal style? And in, 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 explain it. Uh, this is Whose idea was it as well? Yeah, it was, it was mine. Idea, it was my idea. So this. Uh, we've never brewed a beer like this before um, and going into this we never like the highest I think we've got before this was eight and just about eight so um, I was like because because it was like basically we brewed this beer coming towards it was actually our last beer we brewed in 2020 so I was like oh, wow. you know what let's send this this year out in a bang let's do something absolutely bonkers um, I was like I want to brew an imperial style but I have no idea what is the best way to approach it. So fortunately though, through like, you know, just knowing people in Cardiff and stuff, I have a, a very good friend who um, who lives up sort of in Dar like Derby way, who uh, runs a brewery called Empress Brewery. He is such a nice guy. And I was, I was like, I was fully expecting to kind of be like, oh um, yeah, yeah, but he was just so, he was like, you know, give me a call, give me a call. And we ended up being on the phone for about an hour, an hour and a half. Like he was, super super helpful um really like because uh, if, if you know damien and you know his brewery empress brewery you know the one thing the only thing they do is imperial stouts so i was yeah. like i'm gonna go to the guy that i know personally and pretty much in my opinion in the uk produces the best the top guy. So, yeah exactly yeah. like if you if you want information you go to the top so 
and he was just like, I remember spending like an hour, an hour and a half on the phone to him and he was just incredibly helpful. And I sort of talked through how I wanted to approach it. He was kind of giving me advice on it and, and, and that's sort of how it came around. And every beer that we make at the moment before that was basically like we'd, we'd have a mash and then we'd have a boil and so on and so forth. But this is very different. So this Imperial Stout in particular is what we call a double mash Imperial Stout. So basically what we did was we mashed in our grain we got our, our nice very sugary wort and instead of it got like a very light sparge and then we transferred it over to our kettle and then we dug out all the grain cleaned out the mash then and we mashed in again so that's basically like we wanted to really up the amount of sugars we were extracting for the grain we wanted limited in interference with that and then to kind of boost it along a little bit we ended up adding 26 27 kilograms of muscovado sugar Wow. So that's why wow. it's got that very intensely sort of like rummy kind of flavor to it. Mm. Um, and yeah, we end up like boiling it for a bit longer than we would have. Um, it's the most amount of yeast we've ever put into a beer as well, particularly for the batch that we brewed. Like we brewed, what, 500 liters of the stuff, um, maybe a bit less. Yeah. And it had like, I mean, it, in terms of for what we did brew wise, this is probably the most expensive beer we've ever made <laughs> by a country yeah. mile. Um, which is kind of why I'm staggered that he went along with my idea. <laughs> um, and we're talking like, we're talking like well above anything we've ever done. And then towards kind of like during the fermentation, we were then adding like vanilla extract as well and stuff like that. So wow. basically the was, goal was even more <laughs> easy than this, would you believe? Yeah. <laughs> really? Um, so the goal was kind of to kind of originally was to try and get it to about 11, 11 to 12%. Yeah. Um, but it just it just took off and it was just like we 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 had to curb it before it got even stronger being in a, a, a witch's uh, witch's cauldron it was just yeah so we had to we had to kind of wrestle this one a little bit and up until literally up until i think the day we bottled it i was still super nervous about how it was tasting what if it was any good like I was really, really worried because, like, for me, like, obviously his thing is, like, West Coast IBAs. For me, it's always making, like, kind of the weird, big, wonderful, bold things that kind of mm. stand out. And thankfully so far, like, everyone, like, the friends we've been it to, so even, like, customers that we don't know, everywhere it's been really, really well received, particularly for, like, our first Imperial Stout. And the kind of goal was to not sort of be overly complex with it. It was the sort of, mm. it was sort of to make an Imperial Stout, make it kind of classic Imperial Stout, with plans in the future to kind of go a little bit more funky with it, you know, but yeah, one of the other challenges that we face with it is that when an Imperial style gets to this sort of strength, a lot of breweries tend to use stuff like lactose, sugar and things like this. But yeah. one of the kind of key defining factors of our brewery is that we're all, like all of our beer is 100% vegan. So we didn't want to, we obviously wanted to make an Imperial style that had a good body and had, you know, good mouthfeel and stuff like this, but without having to compromise the fact that we are like it's on like i don't know if you notice it in our cans but all of our cans say like 100 mm. percent vegan on them so that in itself proposed like a bit of a challenge to us but um i'm pretty happy with the way it turned out i was fully expecting to hate this beer particularly because i'm weirdly not a massive fan of big rummy stouts which is exactly what i was trying to make i am um, he is 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I was going to say, so do you, do you think you're like happy with this as like a base beer? So Cloud yeah. Wars have their My Continuous Improvement series where it's like the same base beer and then they just do different rowdy shit with it. Do you think that's kind of where you're at with this? With this yeah, style? yeah I, I, I think so. I think it's now a question of the, <laughs> yeah. you know, my, my initial choice would be towards some kind of Black Forest thing, you know. With, yeah, I, uh, maybe adding some kind of fruit to it. Yeah, and, yeah I, I think we, we would all drink that. I, I speak yeah, on behalf yeah. of everyone. Yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs> so put a bit of tartness in there and stuff. Um, because it's it's not, I don't think it's up the pastry stout end of things. Um, no, because that's really difficult to do that. without lactose as well. Like, um, all, yeah, exactly. All Patriot stouts have lactose in, and obviously, we want to keep it <laughs> vegan. So, yeah, as a lactose intolerant person, thank you. Yeah, so I, I, I think maybe throwing a bit of tartness because I think there is a, a, a taste profile to this. Um, that I think we can build from, you know. So yeah. I always call it kicking off, you know, like when you're in the swimming pool, kicking off from the side, you know, and, and that that's what you want, you know. And um, but yeah, I mean, it's mostly Sam's baby. So my my sort of interest to <laughs> kind of I'm sort of still surprised I managed to put off a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I do, like, like from from what I've tried at the moment, and I'm I'm really really curious to see with this as it as it warms up a little bit, how it kind yeah. of evolves. Because I've got quite a lot of booziness at the moment, quite a lot of yeah, I'm getting that. It's almost kind of rum barrel age, but there's no oakiness there. It, yeah, it's, and I and I kind of get the muscovado sugar has, has gone into it, and I can I can sense that. And I, I'm really interested to see as it warms up whether the kind of base opens That's... out a little bit, and I get kind of a wider. You know, bitterness profile from it i also think and i, I kind of looked at your website and you might have correct me if i'm wrong here because i might send a frenzied mob to it so i say this, this is 450 a bottle yeah yeah <laughs> which for for an unofficial emperor collab must be the, the most outrageous <laughs> I mean, I mean, value it's, it's, it's definitely but... a virtual collab isn't it yeah we've we've argued endlessly over the price i i, I <laughs> <laughs> is this like are you not sold out of this initially immediately i mean we we sold quite a fair chunk of it so far we've, we've, we've still got I think, about half i mean uh, th that sounds like it's perfect to throw in a barrel and we'll see you again <laughs> next february yeah yeah i mean we've well terrible idea i, I <laughs> would love to put it in a barrel that's like that's basically a lot of people have said to us as well that like they would love to have a barrel age version of this so yeah it, it's definitely something in the future and i think for me in particular if we were going to do that i would like to sort of stick to a uh sort of a very welsh theme of that barrel so i mean we Pandaren, gonna... maybe exactly something like Pandaren, or even like even if it came down to making it a little bit funkier maybe like a welsh wine barrel oh, or... okay. yeah know, but... a bit a bit of red wine in that would be exactly i could see that going very well my my one concern would be, and I might be completely off base with this. In my head, when you barrel age it, it gets a bit more boozy. Yeah. And I think this is probably already quite high on the boozy scale. Yeah, I think we're there with the boozing, isn't we? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's where you need something to sort of mellow it out almost. So this this is a question I have. Um, obviously, Sam, this is this is your kind of a beer that you've wanted to brew and that impeached out. Duncan, we've had yours with the West Coast beer. It's something we've asked every brewer that's been on. Um, what beer would you brew if pallets weren't an option? Like if, if you weren't worried about sales, uh, what, what would you, what would you brew? What would you go out there with? 
Obviously, you, you you can answer separately because I feel like you might have. Some I, I very think different... I think do do answer separately. Yeah, yeah, a... yeah. yeah. Gerza. Yeah. Definitely, I'd, I'd love to be able to. Well, we'd have to call it. To, we can to... annoyingly we couldn't legally call a, it a Gerza. bastard no. Gerza. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I I would like. I I'd oh, love that's a good ma- one. I'd love to master that that side of of, of you know it's it. I, I, have huge the wizards aren't they absolutely for, wizards you know Kantian and, and all those guys and yeah and yeah and to be able to do it that whole way as well you know with the the turbid mash and all that stuff you know it'd be fantastic the more ro- ironic thing about this statement is that out of the two of us i've the one that's i've the one that's been to Kantian <laughs> and you haven't <laughs> oh, all right there was no need for the humble flex <laughs> for me i don't i don't know i i think it ranges from either nailing something like like one of my favorite beer styles is lager and i absolutely love lager like uh, particularly like either like a hellas lager or um you know like even like going for a, like to the other end like kolsch like kolsch ale but like so it'd either be like nailing something so my, one of my all-time favorite beers um and this stems from like a trip i took uh with with, with my girlfriend where we kind of we went across like europe and and i spent like one night in munich basically i was like well i knew a couple of guys like obviously working in bars i knew these this, this, these two guys who had been to like 190 odd countries and they helped write beer guys and everything they were really nice guys and they were really helpful to me but they were like right the one place you have to go because if you've only got like two three hours to basically drink in in munich you have to go to augustina and i was like right i'm gonna go there and they have a beer called edelstoff and it's just for me is the the pinnacle of how good a lager can be it's it's so simple it's 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 probably annoyingly incredibly difficult to brew because lager is incredibly difficult to brew and get it right because there's so much that goes around it like even the smallest variable of one degree literally nothing can ruin it and i think i think for me that 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 would be one of them but then the other one would be to make something like like a really insane triple fruited goza or something like one of the other best beers i had was from a brewery in hungary i it was almost like I don't know what it was like. It was like drinking like a blueberry smoothie goza, and I just remember going to my friend at the time who wasn't a massive beer drinker, and I like dragged into this bar in Budapest, and I was like, "We've got to like I've heard good things about this brewery," and and, blah, blah, and I was like, and it was just it was just so good, and I, like either something completely bonkers like that or something completely simple as like a really well-made lager would be what I go yeah. for. Wow. I mean, they're, they're two opposite ends of the spectrum. I know. I'm, but I'm also, very... I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, no, because it, this is what's interesting, because I feel like a lot of brewers are very much like a lager because there's not that much to hide behind. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Traditional styles, yeah. like the gazers. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, the, it's, the, it's, it's those ones where it's like, this is how you do it. Yeah. And that's what... That's what probably intrigues people because like it's how to compare yourself because everyone's going to do exactly the same methods. But what do you get at the end of it? Yeah. Yeah. They, they do say Pilsner is the, the, the brewer's drink, don't they? And yeah. It's the one that they all uh, aspire towards. And yeah, it's... Um... Like lager when done properly is incredible. Like I've, I've been... Fortunately, I've, I've had the, fortu- like, the fortunate ability to go to many German yeah. cities and enjoy many like because every german city has a different style of lager and it's all like ale and it's fantastic and when you get to actually 
trying them how they should be, it's just phenomenal. And if I can somehow recreate that here, that that's that's my goal basically. But the same goes for things like you know, for the West Coast IPAs and stuff like you know, in, in San Diego, the, the the atmosphere in bars is so laid back. You know, it's kind of like grab a table, and we'll get to you. You know, that sort of thing. And and yeah, you know, it, it the, the beer cult. It's, I mean, it's a difficult thing to do, isn't it? Is to kind of marry in all those different beer cultures and make them work within an environment in this country where, you know, we have, we, we yeah. have our own beer culture and a way of doing things. You just always pay at the bar. And you've got to be yeah. at the bar. And so, it, you know, it's it's for us, there's something which is up by moment because we'd love to get a bar, but I would really want it to be like a, a chilled out place, you know, a place where people want to stay and, and square in the circle and, getting to be like those places that we were, really admire, which largely yeah. abroad is not an It's not a weird mix of Germany and yeah. America. I think it's very much something that we touched upon in, um, in our last podcast, in our Lager Than Life podcast. It was very much, a, we, we spent a whole segment where we said, okay, th- this is the beer you would drink, but where would you drink it? And it yeah. Was just, yeah, I'm not going to lie. It might not be the best beer in the world, but look the view that I've got with it or look at this that's surrounding it. Yeah. It's a yeah. it's a very important like discussion to have alongside just brewing fantastic beers. I love yeah. I love that podcast, by the way. <laughs> and, and then you, you get drawn into d- d- deeper conversations about terroir and things like that, you know, and, and I mean I can remember when I was in Portugal, gosh, you know, whitewashed hilltop village drinking the local wine and but it was literally the best thing on planet. It I'm was sure yeah, it, it was, yeah. But at that time and that space and the rest of it, it was yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You know. I, I've got fantastic memories of, of Czech Lager. I'm sure it wasn't actually great Czech Lager. It was just I was in a really good place doing really yeah. well at the time. And I imagined that it was everything I dreamed of. So maybe maybe that's the next frontier, you know, it is it's not so much the beer, you know. There's plenty of guys who in this country that can make it. No. It's 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 the it's how it's you the enjoy environment, it. you know. Yeah, exactly. Well, going on from that, then, uh, 2021 is a, a year of change, as, as 2020 has been a year of unforced change. Uh, 2021 is the year of we can change how we want it to be. What what are you guys' plans for for 2021? And kind of, I. I I want to say expansion. It might just be consolidation. It might be moving around. Are there any kind of big moves that you're looking to make, and and where people might be able to find you in the future? I think first thing is to is is to come out of COVID. We have both been completely supportive of what's happened. I mean, you can split hairs with Wales. I I don't know. I mean, you've had it pretty much front line as well. Like he, it my my mum, his wife. <laughs> She, uh, she's, she's a nurse, and she's been so, basically on the front line of this the entire time. So we are, wow. we're fully aware, like how damaging this the last kind of year has been. But but yeah, it's it's to it's to kind of it's to get through COVID as a business, survive. You know, for for right or for wrong, I think we do have something to offer, um, and I think we can get through that. Then we can start looking at expansion. There should be opportunities there. Our dream, a real dream, would be to have a brew pub. So we would find some space in Cardiff, semi-industrial kind of space where you could have a, a, a bar and a brewery. That's probably going to be hugely the devil. So I imagine we'll probably have to do. <laughs> shift, a lot of it, yeah. shift, shift a lot of coal to get there. 
yeah. I, I think the first thing is to, is to get a, a a bigger and better brewery and then find somewhere where we can just make it just a, all i want is just a cool place for people to come and yeah. have some beer and some food like you know and, and and importantly like kind of like we were saying about like um when you go to different places so like if we can bring that to to, to south wales then fantastic you know, well you know. I, I don't know if it's so much as bringing south wales as, as so much as accentuating what south wales has because yeah you know yeah. i mean dom lives in south wales it, you know it, it's, it's, it's it's an it's, exciting place to be at the moment yeah to be fair as a brewery i yeah. i can imagine like there's a lot of exciting things happening here there are a lot of breweries trying to pop up and yeah and and just you know Welsh people are just yeah they're just fantastic and have a, a brilliant reputation for hospitality and stuff and just bringing that in and i i would like us to be kind of distinctively welsh yeah. as well as you know um that's a big focus of what we want our bar to i'm not be talking about well. like you walk through the door and a male voice choir of the <laughs> <laughs> but like but like definitely like the, the kind of focus for like when when we can get to the point where like hopefully either in the I mean, probably not this year but definitely the next year or two get to the point where we can have a bar having a bar where we really definitely like like want to focus on welsh breweries and and welsh folks so obviously when we open a bar we'd love to have like obviously a lot of our own stuff on mm, that's yeah. a given but like you know promoting stuff like even like welsh other welsh breweries or beer if would be a massive one of those gray trees crafty devil like flower horn are very like local brewery as well yeah. like places like these that we want to kind of promote local beer in south wales yeah. and then even going further than that that were our menu for our food would be based around kind of like Welsh food and even yeah, there, there, there are a lot like, of like good places popping up aren't there exactly and like places so I'd even go as far as to say like there's actually some really good Welsh wineries that are coming through at the moment like I know this is a bit of an off topic from beer but like there's some good Welsh wineries coming through at the moment cider. they're producing yeah and Welsh cider and we we kind of like but like kind of not sort of want to focus on that aspect of things you know like yeah. not kind of go hey you know we're, you only we're have well, to enjoy well yeah. and i kind of i kind of want to ask this question now because you know at the start you, you told the uh, the lovely story the start of the brewery and it was it was in bristol at left-handed giant is the bristol beer scene a big impact in cardiff yeah it has a massive influence like um bristol for me in terms of brewery wise i find to be more important than london breweries like I, I i consider that to be that important because a lot of bristol brewery fans are very like they're kind of what we want to aim mm. we want to get that sort of goal for south wales like people, where, people excited about south wales sort of exactly, local passion like, there, yeah. even there even though it's quite a big city are very passionate about local bristol beer mm. if we can adopt that and incorporate it into carniff and we can promote ourselves in the in the meantime and fantastic let's do that i think you know going back to what i was saying about hinterlands and stuff there's a lot of people that commute across the bridge every day so they live in monmouthshire around newport further east in wales than even we are and i think if we can we can make inroads and into them as customers then that will lead us on to bristol i i I do relish the idea of being able to get into bristol and and compete because you know you've got some big boys in there that you know it, it would be good I, I like the idea of boxing upwards as it were you also know, there's um, there's well, quite a big obvious there's, yeah. there's quite a big passion in bristol as well um for welsh beer so 
whenever I've gone to Bristol, they, they do like they do stuff like St David's Day, and I'm like, this is this is wild. Like I'm like, yeah. why is an English city doing? You're, you're like, why am I having Borough Brith? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I get I get like proper Bristolians going like, all right, uh, have you yeah. got any Welsh beer on? I'm like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. And then you know, it, it's bonkers. Like I I've gone over to to the bar a few like brewed on Bristol a few times and worked there and and they're they're they'll always have at least one Welsh beer on and it, it, mm. it's rare. In my head, I kind of see that kind of Bristol and Cardiff are the Manchester and Liverpool of the Southwest. They're two cities that definitely have their own identities, but they are also very intertwined. Yeah, and they are. Like, absolutely. They're, they're close enough that you can commute between the two. They, they've got a shared identity, but they also, while intrinsically hating each other, also intrinsically care quite a lot about each other. Yeah. Also, yeah. I like to think that going back to your earlier point of, you know, when you go to Manchester, you go to a few breweries. When you go to Scotland, you go to Glasgow and Edinburgh, you go to a few breweries. I'd uh, I'd like to see that when you go to Cardiff, you uh, go and try and check out some rival. Where would be the greatest place to be sure that you're checking out some rival if you were in Cardiff? Ooh, well, there's a few. I mean, the yeah. Lansdowne is probably number one because they will always have our beer on tap. There's quite a few places now. We're quite lucky. We've we've managed to put uh like you know get our beer into quite a few different places consistently. Um, Bubs, Bubs, which is Bubs, yeah, of, of, of Bubs, um, Ertha over in Ertha over in Rove. We're trying to hit as many corners of Cardiff as we can. Yeah, I mean, it's um, a strong way to be, isn't it? I, and on on your website, you, you're currently delivering to South Wales. Um, yeah. I, I guess that is nice. If you if you're in South Wales, you know you're in South Wales. So you know you better get it. And the website is just if I assume if you search uh, rival brewing company, you, you'll find it. Uh, yeah. Are there any plans to go national with your distribution, or is it uh, unlucky for now? <clears throat> so uh, yes, uh, really, we, we would like to send because I'm originally from the southeast of England, and I have interminable numbers of school friends saying please will you send me some beers <laughs> <laughs> i'm like let's make some money come on yeah exactly you're, you're like 50 pound minimum 50 pound minimum but yeah <laughs> making me every fucking day about it so i i do need to get that sorted like in the next couple of i weeks. think yeah basically like we're 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 in the next couple of like sort of at least the next two months focusing on getting our beer out yeah. to even further afield like i mean even weirdly like today Chatting with you guys is sort of like the first step of us sorting that out. So, yeah. um, yeah. well, it got very safely to near Cambridge. Yeah, Good. it got very yeah. safely to, to Leamington Spa as well. I guess the last thing to say is if anyone wants to find you guys, it's an easy Google search of Rival Brewing Company on Instagram. It's it's Rival Brewing Company. You should be able to find them as easy as come. And if you're in South Wales, you're in luck because they deliver. Uh, yeah. If you're not in South Wales, well, you're going to have to wait for a while. But, hold, uh, this, hold this space. Hold this space. And it's worth uh, holding for. Uh, lads, Sam, Duncan, honestly, it's been a pleasure having you here. Uh, you've been very good value in the conversation. The beers have been fantastic. Thanks for coming on. So it's been a real real pleasure chatting to you guys. It feels like we've been down the pub. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that's what we want this to be. That's what we want it to yeah. be. Like, literally, like, like just, just friends down the pub. Yeah, that's what we want this vibe to be. Yeah. So. Thank, I mean, you. Well, thank you for saying such kind things. Of